up, Bears fans? It's a special edition, a special Independence Day edition of the Tailgate Show. It's Diddy and Jay tonight with a very special guest. Jer, you do the honors, man. Well, AA couldn't be here tonight, but I am proud to bring our good friend, uh, NFL.com fantasy expert. He has his own podcast, the Adam Rank Podcast. He's a stand-up comedian. He's the pride of Somburg, Illinois. Give it up for Adam Rank. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much. Uh, I don't know if I'm the pride of Schaumburg because there is a Portillo's on Golf Road. So <laughs> I might be second. I mean, I think that was the claim to fame. I unfortunately didn't grow up in Schaumburg. I do know that when that Portillo's went in, my parents were very excited. I mean, almost as excited as when I arrived, but I was more of an afterthought where they're like, eh, we've got two older kids. Uh, why not go for a third, apparently? <laughs> We'll take a top three, right? Top three is not bad. That's oh, that's no, respect. No. I'm on the I'm on the I'm on the podium. That's I got right. that bronze rock. I look good in bronze, I think. So I think that's good for me. Not as good as like, by the way, I don't so you guys drop this as a as an audio podcast. I get to actually see you guys. You know what? I'll even turn on my video, you guys, because I want you to be jealous of my setup. But not as just because you can see that there's a light. I'm I'm in the lifeguard thing here at my pool. <laughs> oh, nice. I'm looking. Is it Brian Q. Quinn who's got the Gale Sayers yeah, man. jersey? By the way, Brian Quinn, I don't know. Listen, I was thinking about the Impractical Jokers the other day. And one of my favorite – is that not you? Is this a different I guy? I wish it was. No, I wish I had that bankroll. You know, I'm, I'm, not I'm gone, man. Right, I got to go. I didn't, I didn't realize. I thought I was on an Impractical Jokers podcast. But, no, I'm kidding. This is fun, though. I'm, I'm so excited for you guys to have me on. Thank I'm watching you. my daughter in the pool. It's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah, we're excited to have you on, man. One thing we kind of we, we try to ask all our guests, like, how did you become a Bears fan? Like, what's your Bears fan story? You know, it's very simple. My parents are Chicago. Well, it's hard to say Chicago natives because my mom's from Oswego. That's absolutely part of the burbs. Oh, especially now. Jeez Louise. It's like you... You can you don't see any open space anymore when you drive. It used to be when you drive to Oswego, you'd be driving for like it seemed like six hours. Then you're like, oh, there's a town here. That's where she was from. <laughs> My dad was even worse. He was from Sterling, Illinois, which I believe is closer to Davenport than it is to Chicago. Both staunch Bear fans, and we. I was born in Schaumburg, and we moved to Southern California when I was pretty young. So I sort of gravitated to the Rams and then I don't know if you guys knew this but they moved yes. and I was not having it and my parents would always you know for so long like they 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 humored me where they're like okay yeah yeah whatever like it, it's like when you're a kid and if my daughter gets too loud in the background I apologize but it's like when uh, you're a kid and you and you pretend like you have an invisible friend and your parents would be like yeah okay whatever that's kind of what they were like when I rooted for the Rams and then when the Rams moved they really dropped the hammer on me, and so I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll get into it. But it was cool, too, because you grow up, like, I know all the stories. I know all the heartbreak. I know how upset my dad was when, who was it? Wait, who was the guy from the Packers? Charles Martin oh, slammed Jim McMahon into the ground. Like, I was one of my, like, first, like, memories or cognizant, like, oh, yeah, I remember that. My dad just being heated and. He hated the 49ers or hates the 49ers. I hate the 49ers. So it was an easy transition for me because I was kind of living through it. So it's cool. So that's kind of how I got started. And so I'm a little bit more 
I guess recent. So I, I do have that that stage. It's like when you see a, like a lead singer who is like the front man for another band, but then he becomes the lead singer of the one that you all know and love him for. It's like Travis Barker. He's the uh, you know the drummer of Blink 182. But I remember when he was the drummer of the Aquabats. We don't talk about those days too much. So similarly, I don't like to talk about the LA Ram days. And I know there was a big push from them to bring me back into the fold when they, they moved back. And I'm like, first of all, you moved away. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, that, it's like when you see like a girlfriend yeah. that you go, out, you know, like you, you, you're dating a girl in high school and she breaks up with you horrifically, then moves away and then like does porn or whatever. Becomes a <laughs> she she wins an AVN award and you're like oh that's great maybe she'll you know throw me a shout out and she's like no the best thing I ever did in my life was the lead you and you're like whoa that seemed uncalled for and then fast forward 20 years she's gained 40 pounds she's been kicked out of her house she has to move home back in with her parents and then she's calling you up asking if you want to go to Applebee's and I'm like no I'm with somebody now. Like, it hasn't always been great, but I know the Bears are going to be loyal to me. So I thought about it for a moment because, you you know, you romanticize the past a little bit. But ultimately, I'm like, dude, I'm in on this Bears thing. Even though I root for other Southern California teams, I think it's cool to have a connection back to Chicago. So that's that's how I keep it real, so to speak. That and going to Portillo's on my birthday every year. That's a great way nice. to do it. So we got to get in this prediction. You pretty much threw it out there, 16-0. and 0. Bro, I come loved on. it. And I know it got amended, but you know what? How close were we last year? Realistically, we were really close last year, which every is kind of crazy. Single, every single loss was a winnable game. Ugh. Easily the Miami game, easily the Giants game. You talk about Charles, uh, Charles Martin and the chief Harrison Smith, his cheap shot on Mitch Trubisky, just as awful as what, especially when you think like, cause like eighties football was dirty anyways. So the Charles Martin thing never really comes off as like two. You're like, God, that just seems that just looks like the eighties. It's like watching roadhouse. You're like, yeah, that's pretty much what I think of the eighties. But in the new era of the NFL, like you don't go after a quarterback like that. It set the bears back by no, no disrespect to chase Daniel, but you had to go with him for a couple of games and then all that stuff. And so every single one of those losses last year was winnable, including the one in the playoffs. So it's not outlandish to think that they're going to go 16 and three, 16 and three. Yeah, that's all that be right. No, they win the Super Bowl. They'd be I'll take that. I'll take that. Two playoff games. And all. Yeah, 16 and three. So I had the 16 right, but there'll be a couple <laughs> of losses during the regular season. And I'm fine with that. Right. So on your your NFL bio, the, the NFL.com bio, it said you interned for uh, three summers with NFL Publishing, and you kind of pulled a George Costanza and didn't leave. How that? Tell, tell us that story. How that worked out? Well, I, yeah, I, it was one of my my college internships. I knew somebody who knew somebody who's like, hey, they the NFL has a publishing office in Los Angeles. I was going to Cal State Fullerton, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll give this a go. And I had been doing work for the LA times, which sounds way more impressive than what, what it basically was is going out and covering high school games, which was actually a cool like college gig. You would go to a high school game, watch it, keep stats, write a four inch story on it. That was super easy. You're like, Hey, you know, uh, Toby Gearhart rushed for four, 400 yards is Norco defeated Tustin high school, you know, whatever. Uh, so super easy gig, but the guy who was doing the hiring was an old LA times guy. So I was able to sneak in, you know, he's like, oh, I'm like, my interview wasn't even like 
what are your goals? What are your dreams? What's your five-year plan? It was like, hey, does this guy still work there? Does that guy still work there? Does, you know, does this happen? And so I got the internship that way. I did it every summer for three years, as, as we mentioned. I even mixed in a, uh, a internship with the Dodgers minor league team. So I was just trying to do everything I can to be connected to sports. And then after, because uh, usually every year it's like, okay, you know, Rank, uh, we'll see it. You like go back to school, but I didn't have school to go back to. And I was just hanging around. I was at a bar and I was just hanging out. It was a Sunday afternoon. My internship was supposed to be over, but the guy who had hired me was on vacation for two weeks. And I'm sitting there and I, this is why drinking is often beneficial. I just got this <laughs> harebrained scheme. I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show up tomorrow. Like, they didn't really have, like, there was no ceremony. There was nothing, like, normal. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to show up. The worst thing that could be is, like, oh, bro, your internship ended. And I would have been, like, oh, my gosh. I can't believe it. I'm so embarrassed. And I would have left. But I'm, like, I'm going to keep going. And then nobody said anything. Uh, the guy, Chuck Garrity, came back after his vacation, was kind of, like, puzzled as to why I was still there. He's, like, what's going on? And for some somehow... I had worked it that I was working on this card set, like Ron Mix, this Hall of Famer, was doing a card set that needed a lot of intensive research, and I had kind of glommed on to this project. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm working on the Ron Mix card set. And and the guy's like, oh, okay. And then a couple of weeks later, he comes by with a little piece of paper. He's like, by the way, you know, he's like, since it's kind of like your internship's kind of over, we just decided to hire you, so here's what you're going to make. And what I'm like, I did it! I did it! <laughs> So that's, uh, that was the story. That's usually my, the moral of the story. Whenever anybody asks me for advice or anything like that, I'm like, if you get in, like never leave, just never just refuse to go away. Like I, I'm convinced that 90% of everything is just like, just willing to like not make any money at first, just don't go away. And then at some point it's all going to pay off for you. So that's pretty much the way it worked out for me. And I've, I've been living it up ever since. Awesome, Fantastic. man. Fantastic. So we got to get into it. David Montgomery, how hype are you? We've been watching this video where he's working on his footwork, and all of us are just like, oh, boy, this guy could be very, very special, I think. What's your yeah. thoughts? No, I'm with you. Uh, and I thought that coming out of college that he was one of the top prospects. I know that Josh Jacobs played at Alabama, and that's always going to get a little bit of precedence. I did think that Miles, uh, Miles Sanders was really good for Penn State as well. But we get those those Iowa State games at 9 a.m. out here. So I do remember watching it and be like, oh, that's a pretty good running back. And then he started going to the combine and started talking to our draft mix like uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Lance Zerline and everybody like that. I'm like, I really like like even before he was drafted by the Bears, I'm like, you know, just trying to put this out fantasy wise. I'm like, I really like the way that this guy plays. Like he, he seems to be able to do it all. And one of the things that just struck me is that he was like a better version of Jordan Howard with the ability to catch the football. And I think that that's what we saw last year is that Matt Nagy, one of the things that he, he tried to get, he tried to get Jordan Howard involved. Cause I, I, you know, you look at it, Jordan Howard carried the ball 250 times last year. That's a lot of carries for somebody who Matt Nagy didn't seem very thrilled with didn't really fit the offense, so to speak. And he just tried, you know, he tried to make the best of it, but that offense just got, Way too one-dimensional when he was in the game. So now you got a guy who every time he walks out of the field, he can run with the ball, 
He was the number one running back in making defenders miss in college football. That, of course, is I think that's from Pro Football Focus is the one who who tracks that. I don't want to get I don't want to get one of the next gen stats or Pro Football Focus, but somebody who's very smart smarter than me has put that together and consider him the most elusive running back in college last year. And so you put him out out of the field, and I don't think that it's going to hurt Tariq Cohen because Tariq Cohen was productive last year. When Jordan Howard was running the ball 250 times, so it doesn't it doesn't show me that Tariq Cohen's going to take a step back or anything. It's just going to be more versatile. And that's another another thing, too, is when you look at that Bears offense, you know, for as good as they were, I thought they put up points at a pretty good clip. They weren't good on third downs. They weren't good on moving the sticks. They had far too many three and outs than they should have had. And I think part of it was because they were a little bit limited anytime Jordan Howard was in the game. So now when you have a versatile running back in there and somebody who looks very good, we'll, we'll see how it connects to the, to the NFL level, but it, it looks like this offense could be more efficient. And if the offense is better, the defense, which was all well, already pretty good last year, is now not going to have to be on the field as much, and they can be even better. So I think that it, I think that Montgomery impacts both sides of the football, and I think it could be huge for them. We need to, we need you to talk to your guys at EA, man. They only rate, they rated him a 71. I was like, ooh, a little higher. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> the fact that they had Daniel Jones rated at like a 60 something behind an undrafted quarterback, and then they had to go back and 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 change it a little bit. That to me is hilarious. So I understand every every NFL player thinks that they're underrated when it comes to Madden. I have guys, I have quarterbacks who've slipped into my DMs like, hey, bro, you work for EA a little bit. Can you can you see? I'm like, yeah, like I'm the one who's doing that. <laughs> Just go out and play well. It'll take care of itself. But that's the one thing about David Montgomery. He might not be the Madden beast right now, but they're going to have to be doing a lot of updates during the season. Now, do you think he could develop into a guy that's as good of a fantasy player as Forte was? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, one of the things, I mean, yeah, that, that to me is, is the goal. And, you know, it's, it's the ability to catch the ball and run the ball. The one thing, though, fantasy-wise that I'm a little bit apprehensive about, it's not running the ball because, again, there are 250 carries left that need to be divided up amongst everybody. And you're going to go ahead and include Cordell, include Cordell Patterson as that as well. The one thing about Forte is in that offense, they threw the ball to him a lot more. I think that this team has a lot more diversity in weapons. You know, the wide out. I mean, just, I mean, a couple of years ago, I can't even, it was that Colts game where I, were we starting like Dontrell Inman and yes. like some of these other guys are wide game. It was uh, <laughs> one of those other guys, Kendall Wright. And you're like, this is really the receiving core that we're going with right now. And then, of course, now you, it, it's an embarrassment of riches. I think Allen Robinson is one of the better receivers in the game. If he stays have healthy. Seen, have you ever seen a quarterback? I know I've never seen a Chicago Bears quarterback as loaded on the offensive side as what Mitchell Trubisky is getting. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this? I mean, this is a no, Bears. Hey, Bears. Even when you had Brandon or when Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey were there, it just seemed like that was it. Like there was nobody, right. there was no like Taylor Gabriel type. I mean, maybe if Johnny Knox could have stayed health or healthiest career or whatever. Yeah. There would have been an opportunity, but I think that when you look at it and you look at the tight ends, like Trey Burton's a good tight end. Adam Shaheen is starting to develop a little bit. Riley, Riley, uh, Ridley, Riley, Ridley, geez, Louise. 
getting him in the draft for, for next to nothing. I mean, going into that draft without a first and second round pick and you come away with David Montgomery and Riley Ridley, like you're just, you're laughing to the bank. And then you have Cordero Patterson who can do so many great things. I, I think that for me personally, I was a little guilty of trying to make him out to be more than he was when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. I really wanted this guy to go out there and crush it. But I think that Bill Belichick kind of showed what the way that you need to use him in a variety of different ways. And again, like this might not work out for our fantasy teams. I don't really care. No, I say that as a fantasy guy, like whatever, like as long as we're scoring points, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, even Mike Davis is fine. Like just to have there as part of the roster and part of the depth and everything. I, I, again, I'm with you. I'm, I'm in complete agreement. I can't remember the last time the offense was this loaded. How do you how do you feel about the hiring of Chuck Pagano as the defensive coordinator? Since there's a lot of talk that since Vic Fangio left, that we're going to be at a disadvantage with Pagano as our DC. I don't personally see it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I I I like Vic, and I don't want to be one of those guys. And I always write about this about whenever somebody leaves a team, and you're like, well, he wasn't that good anyways. Can you hear like some Giants fans trying to make themselves feel better and be like, hey, look, like. OBJ wasn't that great. Anyway, you're like, shut up. He was <laughs> everything like that. So I don't want to besmirch Vic Fangio in any sense of the, any sense of the imagination, but it is shown, you know, when you put him with great talent, like he was in San Francisco, like he was when he came to Chicago, he will get a lot out of that talent. But the thing that always remains is that talent. Chuck Pagano is an established coach in the NFL. The players love him. When he was the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens for one season, their DVOA was top 10. That's a good coordinator. He knows what he's doing. He's a little bit more aggressive than Fangio. Like he's really, he's willing to go out and dial it up a little bit. And when you have cornerbacks like uh, Fuller, you have the ability to go out there and be like, you know what, let's take some risks. We have great safeties behind us. And I think a ha Clinton Dix is going to have a, a career renaissance playing next to his old buddy there. Eddie Jackson. And so I think that they're going to be able to go out there, dial up some blitzes, put up some more pressure. And you know what? You, you look at a lot of these guys too. They're just starting to develop. You know, Bilal Nichols is all of a sudden becoming a great NFL player. Roquan Smith did not have a training camp last year, even in the current <laughs> NFL where it seems impossible to have a holdout. Roquan Smith held out, whatever those things happen. He's going to come in, have a full training camp. be ready to go. Khalil Mack was brought in in late August last year because of the trade with the Raiders. He was gassed in the second half against Green Bay in week one. That's no fault of his own, but now that those problems are going to be avoided. So again, I keep going back, and if the offense just increases their time of possession, moves, they don't even have to score more. They just have to move the sticks more. That defense is going to be much better. I think people are just trying to nitpick and find reasons why they don't think that this team is going to work. But to me, I think they're lock solid because it goes back to what Ryan Pace was doing when he was with New Orleans is helping build those teams through the depth and just getting good players and surrounding your quarterback with a wealth of talent. And that's what we're seeing happening in Chicago right now. So if you want to fight, I mean, I can sit here. We could pull up all 32 teams. I will find reasons why something wrong, something could go wrong. And I think that's what we're trying to do. I mean, like, oh, you're going to we're it, it's fine. Like, don't it sucks to lose them. Like I would prefer he stayed, but I'm not sweating it that Chuck Lagana's in there. I think we're gonna be just fine. I'd have to agree. So going into a season, have you ever been this excited as a Bears fan? Because I, I mean, I, I'm pumped myself, man. Like, I don't think I've ever been this this hyped up. 
How about yourself? Yeah, everybody tells me not to get my hopes up. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? You're like, number one, because I'm a fan. This is what we're supposed to do. When you have an opportunity to really enjoy yourself, like, this is what we should be doing. We should be celebrating this team and being excited. It's the 100th anniversary. They got some sweet throwbacks. Like, this should be time, like, like a great time to be a Bears fan. And I've been going through and writing state of the franchise pieces for all 32 NFL teams. Some are better than others. And there's some where you're like, you, if you're a fan of the Colts, like I'm like, this is a great time for you. If you're a fan of the Browns, this is a great time for you. For the Bears, great time for us as well. And so this is the kind of this you should celebrate it. Like the reality of the season will happen, whether we are pessimistic or not. I don't understand why people want to want to like hurt, like become a worry wart or do something like you just can't enjoy it. Like when you're sitting there, like it's always one of those things too. Like like somebody like your boss will bring in pizza. And you always have like one person who'll sit there and be like, "Oh man, I had pizza for dinner last." Like, and shut up! Like, don't. Enjoy <laughs> I don't care. I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna have a good time. Oh man, I, oh, I'm trying to lose. Well, shut up. Go, go eat your salad. Like, I don't care. But just let me enjoy. I don't need your negativity right now. And if something happens, if something goes wrong, then we'll deal with that when it comes. But sitting here in July. I'm not going to worry myself about the small minor details and be like, well, what happens? There's a lot of what could happen. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to say this roster is loaded. One of the most complete teams in the NFL. I love the coaching staff. I think that having uh, Matt Nagy work with Mitch Trubisky for an entire offseason, getting him acclimated to playing football. I mean, he didn't play a lot in college, didn't play a lot with John Fox as the head coach. This is an opportunity for him to go out there and shine, and I'm here for it. I agree. I absolutely agree. So this defense is stacked. This offense looks good. There's only one question, and we know what the question is. It's right. special teams. We're not going to kick. <laughs> <laughs> Play for the. That was the weirdest thing in Miami when they were that overtime game where they're like, ah, or, or no, I think it was to go into overtime where they're like, well. We'll just sit here and we'll let we'll let him uh, we'll let Parky kick this 50 yard. Like, what are you doing? Try to gain more yards. Like, I don't understand. And I and the thing against Philadelphia, you're kind of pinned in. Mitch was moving the team down the field. You didn't have a lot of time to try to go for it and get even closer, which would have been ideal. Ultimately, though, uh, somebody's going to have to kick the ball, and that is frustrating. But. <laughs> I do like, I like Eddie P. I think, I, I think that's my dude. Any guy who goes, cause I remember watching a Florida game when he was there and I'm like, is this guy really out on that field wearing number 15? Like somebody had the audacity <laughs> to be like, Oh, I'm going to Florida kick ass. Here's what I'm going to, Hey, can I have 15? Like what just, just the panache to be able to pull off such a maneuver. Like, could you imagine some rookie quarterback, you know, going to, to Green Bay and being like, I want number four. Is that cool? Uh, and be, I, I, you'd, be, you'd be like, I, I admire the moxie. So, again, that's another thing that we could worry about. But I think, you know, at the end of OTAs or minicamp, whatever it was, I think it was minicamp was the official name. I should know that stuff. They, they got an opportunity to send the team home early. If they could make that kick, they made the kick. Send him home early. I think that it was gonna, it's going to be fine. Eddie P is my guy. If I had to make this if I had to make this, this call right now, that's who I'm going to be going with. But, again, this is one of the – I'm not going to sit here and worry about it right now. Hopefully it doesn't come down to that anymore. If it could be a little bit more like 85 or, hey, who cares? Just blow out every team, see what happens. But I think uh, 
you know, I'm going to be optimistic about it, even though I probably shouldn't be. So I think I'm just hoping Pace pulls off some magic and it just surprises us. Camp starts and Robbie walks out. <laughs> I'll, I'll be good. <laughs> yeah, something. So I, you know what? I'm glad that I wouldn't trade for him or whatever. But again, you know what? It, it, it is what it is. I saw this isn't my take. I've seen this on one of the sites where somebody was talking about, is it O'Donnell? Is it his holding? Because Robbie Gold had a couple of questionable games on his way out the door, which led to his release ultimately. Is it the holder? Like, should we, you got so many great receivers. Could we not do like what the Cowboys did with Novacek and have the tight end hold it or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. But I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. I hope that there's going to be some sort of magic, but you know what? I think that we've, I think, I think Ryan Pace has done enough to kind of earn our trust now. And I'm like, you know what? You take care of it. You're going to get there. It's like when you, you know, I have children, you know, at some point you're like, okay, I'm going to trust that you're going to do the right thing. Maybe I shouldn't, but I'm going to trust them to do the right thing. And by the way, I got to go. She's acting up in the pool. Sorry if she's being too loud, but that's not a big deal, man. Not a big deal. So I came up with a little thing. I know you're a wrestling head called face or heel. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to shoot some names at you on the, on the current roster and some older names. You tell me if you think they'd be a face or a heel. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start out old school. We're going to go Chris Zorich. Oh yeah. Big time face. The, the face that ends up losing, but he's the guy who comes out when the heels out there cutting a promo, how he hates America. Here would come Chris <laughs> Zorich and be like, Oh, I'm taking you on. And we'd all get behind him. He'd probably ultimately lose. He'd be like a mid card face, but definitely face for me. Okay. Uh, well, let's go with current roster. Khalil Mack. He would be the the heel that ends up getting over as a face. Like you would have to start rooting for him at some point. Like, oh, he's just too good. I can't, I can't, I can't be mad at him forever. And I think that even people that he would even start getting over in Wisconsin. So I would say ultimately he's got to be a face. All right. Next one I got is our old boy Jay Cutler. He would be the guy that they would want to be a face, and he would be like a Roman Reigns type, and they'd be like jamming him down everybody's throat, like this guy, this guy is getting over, and we're gonna have him win the the Royal Rumble year after year. He's gonna headline WrestleMania, and people are just gonna want to boo the s out of him. And so I, he's a he's a he's a face that gets booed. Although I will say this, Total Cavalry has done such wonders for his image. But if you are watching that show, and I suggest that you do, and it's it's one of those things that, you know, being, listen to me sound like an insider a-hole. Like <laughs> being, in, being in television, I know what I'm talking about. But the producers of that show realized very quickly, they're like, oh, we kind of have something with Jay. And then he went from being a bit player in the first couple of episodes to being like Jay's carrying episodes. Like he is the whole episode sometimes. So that's what happens, and I think that his personality is kind of showing out, and you're kind of like, oh, he's really not a bad – I was always a big Cutler guy, so it's easy for me. I feel vindicated, if anything. But it's uh, – that, yeah, I'll tell you this, definitely... that's Jay. I have live in that area where Jay went to high school. That's Jay. So yeah. That, that, that's him, pure point. That blank. makes sense. <laughs> I love him. I, I, I was hoping because at the end of last season, spoiler alert for anybody – you haven't seen the end of season two or three or whatever it is of total cavalry you might want to turn it down for a second 
But it, it's he was looking for office space for his his butcher shop, but they were going to call cuts. And you know, you know, those are always filmed ahead of time. I'm like, oh, please tell me this place is open because I want that merch. I can't wait to get a cuts butcher shop <laughs> merch, and uh, I'll be rocking it absolutely. I guess uh, the next one I got it's all in Kreutz. Oh yeah, he was. Uh, he would be. He would be part of a tag team, kind of like a, an enforcer type, kind of like a Big E type of guy. I think it would be cool, like if they had like a, a version of the New Day. So I know he was big buddies with Brian Erlacher. So you could put him, maybe uh, maybe throw like Mike Brown in there, and uh, they would be. Yeah, they'd be like a cool, like fun little faction. But they would be. They would probably have been like the New Day. They'd be like, okay, these guys are gonna be healed. But you'd be like, oh, these guys are too fun. We love them. So they would end up getting over that way. So they would be definite faces. <laughs> and then at some point, yeah, because Erlacher would be the guy who is always chasing the title. And he would be the guy who is kind of part of a tag team. And they could do the free bird rule. And, like, anybody can defend the title. So I think that that, that would be a cool little faction. <laughs> uh, two more. Uh, Dick Butkus. Heel. Definite heel. Not even wanting to be cheered and would not. And he would be the guy that when you tried to cheer him because you're like, oh, this guy's pretty cool. He would instead cut down the audience so that you couldn't cheer for him. <laughs> like those guys, you see like the old school guys. Like I think like when Arn Anderson or somebody, or even like you see Elias do it. Because Elias, Elias probably realizes that he can't get too over. So he's got to be like, uh, oh yeah, crowd, you still suck. I think Buckus would be of the same vein of being like, hey, people are cheering me now. Like he would be, he would be in Minnesota, and people would cheer and be like, "You guys know that you're still Super Bowl losers or something," and then the crowd would hate him again. So he would be the one who would never be able to get over. And then when he would go to the Hall of Fame, then everybody would cheer for him finally. And, and this last one is this is just for giggles for me. It's Rex Grossman. Oh, idiot, <laughs> bumbling heel that never that just comes out and cuts promos and gets the s kicked out of him. All the time, like what a, what a disgrace! Like he's he would get Xbox heat. Like it would be the guy. It wouldn't be the boo. I don't like your character. I want you to go. It's the boo. I don't want you to be a wrestler anymore. I wish you weren't in the arena. If I could ask for <laughs> I would. That would be Rex Grossman getting the Xbox heat. Although Xbox has kind of really done a nice job of rehabilitating his image as well, and uh, he's kind of a cool guy. I remember. It's so funny. I know, like, again, like, oh, look at Ray, Hollywood Insider. But I was at an NXT show, and he was there. And you're like, hey, man, like, you know, you're like, oh, I've talked smack on. I actually liked him when he was part of DX. And I was, I popped, I popped when he, when he came back. He was the first guy to come back from WCW to WWE. The night after Shawn Michaels lost to Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania in Boston, and then the next night, they reformed Degeneration X. The New Age Outlaws joined, and X-Pac came back, and he cut a promo on Eric Bischoff. And I always liked him. And so I remember, because I remember going to school the next day. He was like, oh, my God, bro. Like, it's, dude, it's turning the tide. Um, and so he, and I saw him, and you're like, and I had always had this contention. And we were like, you know, he always seemed like a pipsqueak because he's next to Hall and Nash. But like, I guarantee you, if you saw him in real life, you'd be like, whoa, this guy's big. And that's exactly what happened. You saw him, you're like, whoa, he is big. I'm like, I told you. He's not small. So I don't know. That was a that was a dumb story. I apologize. 
No, not a problem. Kind of staying on wrestling for a minute, like uh, kind of a two-part question. Are you excited about the AEW, the TV show coming up? And do you think the the move by Vince with uh, having Heyman run Raw and Bischoff run SmackDown is a knee-jerk reaction to AEW kind of coming on the scene? Well, I think he needed to make those kind of reactions. You know, Raw and SmackDown could use a little bit of help. And I, with what Heyman did on Monday night, you know, if that's going to be the direction that they're going in, I thought that I was... That was pretty good. My friend Brandon Stroud writes a column for with Spandex, and he he put it best. He said, you know, Heyman really found something that Vince likes. He likes his monster guys doing monster things, and I think that Strowman throwing throwing Lashley through the the electronic board was huge. You know, now you get to to redo the set. Corey Graves dropping the expletive going over there, pulling the camera out. So you're like, wait, is this real? Cause my wife, who's like a huge mark too. She's like, is this real? Are we supposed to be seeing this? And I'm like, anything that's on television, you're supposed to see, but it, but it again, lends itself to that attitude era of like, Whoa, this guy's going out of the box or even going back to CM Punk, like, and he's cutting his pipe bombs and you're like, Oh yeah. So, and I, I, I think that it's a smart move. And in addition, I think that AEW I'm in. I'm, I, I like it. I think that there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of demand for wrestling as long as it's good. And I live out in Southern California, so you guys can obviously know what I'm talking about with like Pete Pro Wrestling Gorilla and all the bar wrestling and like all these other cool things. Like people want to see it as long as it's good, as long as it's compelling, and as long as they're telling good stories, people are going to want to watch it. And Heyman knows how to do that. And I think that in his his older age, instead of trying to get over all the old ECW things he tried to do in the past, he kind of knows what Vince wants, so he's going to do it, but he's going to do it in a Paul Heyman way that makes it really good. Excellent. Excellent. So, wrestling is... That's out of my box. I don't really watch a lot of it, so I'm going to leave that to you guys. Um, Football-wise, man... I'm really excited about this team. I'm really excited about the direction we're going. Who are some fantasy guys on this Bears roster that you need to really pay attention to? I think David Montgomery is somebody that I'm always sneaking in and getting in the fourth round. If you're somebody who goes wide receiver heavy early, or if you grab a stud running back in the first round and then go two receivers in the second and third round and then need that other RB2, I think that David Montgomery makes perfect sense. I think Allen Robinson will end up being a steal for you as well. I try not to pair him on teams where I have David Montgomery because I don't like to have too many shares of one offense, but I think that he's going to end up being pretty good for us. And the ultimate thing, though, and I, I, I mentioned this earlier in the show, and uh, sorry, there's my, my plane waiting to, to take me home. Um, <laughs> One of the things is like they're just going to be a good offense. It's going to be frustrating for fantasy enthusiasts, and I'm going to have to listen to everybody like be upset about it. I'm not going to be upset about it. I realize what you're going to be getting with this team. There's going to be a lot of distribution of the wealth, so to speak. And so outside of Montgomery and Allen Robinson, I think the guy, those are the guys you have to have. And plus, you know, Trubisky is somebody who I'm looking at that if I'm taking a little bit of a risk on a quarterback, if I'm worried about Cam Newton's shoulder, or if you got Breeze, who was good last year, but handed the ball off an awful lot, I think that Trubisky is somebody who can come out and surprise too. I don't have him in my top 10. I don't even have him in the top 15, I don't think. But because of his ability to run the football, I think he can, he could be a good guy to stream here and there. And who knows, if this team does catch fire and he's really just kind of locked in, taking that next step, similar to the way that 
you know, some other quarterbacks when, when Jared Goff, I don't want to go, I want to step into Mahomes immediately, but like somebody like Jared Goff last year and, and the growth that he showed in his second year in Sean McVay's offense, if Trubisky does something like that as well, that could be something that uh, makes him worthwhile in fantasy. I'm interested that you brought up Mahomes. I think that's an interesting uh, dilemma that Kansas City's got with Kareem Hunt being gone, and you don't know the we really don't know with Tyreek Hill what's going to happen. How do you even how do you even attack that? You just blindly draft Mahomes and just say I draft Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, well I'm gonna have okay I'm gonna have to wrap this up pretty quick. Okay, sorry man. about that. But uh, I will say this though. I'm sorry. I know. That's going to make me sound terrible. They're going to go look at the big leaguer. I'm like, girl, i got to get out of the pool. In any event. Not a problem. Um, the thing with Mahomes, I think, I think regression is coming. And I think that not having Tyreek Hill for probably a good part of the season, at least a quarter of the season, I think that just this statistically, it's going to be unable. He's going to be unable to, uh, to match that. So I let somebody else go with Mahomes. I'd rather go with Andrew Luck, perhaps. Uh, Russell Wilson, somebody like that. I really in the, I'm really into Kyler Murray as well, so I'm willing to take risks there. Patrick Mahomes is somebody I'm going to probably leave. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Adam. Go take care of that girl. And No, I appreciate it. By the way, if I can say one thing, I'm going to be in Chicago July 21st at the yes. Beat Kitchen. We're going to do a show. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's cheap. It's not even like it's not expensive at all. If you want to come down, don't buy the meet and greet. Like I know that the, the promoters do that. Don't buy it because I'll hang out with you at the bar anyways. Um, <laughs> if you want to come out, it's going to be part comedy, part fantasy football. And because the Beat Kitchen, we can probably go super late, too. I don't think we're going to have any restrictions like we are when we're in some of the comedy clubs. So if you guys can come out, tickets are going pretty well. So And it's a smaller venue, smaller than we're normally doing, but I wanted to make sure I got out in Chicago. So if you guys can look that up, get your tickets now. I look forward to seeing everybody out there. It'll be a lot of fun. You won't be disappointed. Awesome, man. We'll definitely be promoting it. Thank you, Adam, for everything. We appreciate your time, and take care of that girl. All right. Thanks, guys. Great stuff. That was fun. That was fun. He's just an all-around great dude. It's just great to have her. Yeah, and it's great. It's great to have like a, a representation of us as a fan base in the media because that's what he brings, man. He's he he's professional, but he he's a diehard Bears fan, and he kind of just he represents all of us in a sense, man. You know? yeah, exactly, exactly. And he are not going to catch him off guard with any questions. That's for sure. I mean, oh. I think we threw it at him pretty well. We went all the way to wrestling. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's he's just a great guy, man, and I. Uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed it as much as we did doing it, man. It was great. Yes, and we wouldn't be here without our sponsor, Tick Splits. 5% off that with a uh, promo code TAILGATE. We thank everybody at Tick Splits for doing and, what they do. And Tick Splits is selling those Adam Ring tickets in Chicago, so. Yeah, you got to hit it. Dude, if I was in Chicago, I'd, oh, hit I'd it. be there. Absolutely. Yep. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, AA can get out there. Yeah, definitely. Sucks that AA couldn't be here. Yeah, but man. he's got he's got his thing. Hey, gotta work. You know? Gotta work. Gotta gotta feed them feed them kiddos. Gotta take care of them burgers. So what you got? What do you have going on for the fourth, man? Any big plans? No, I'm working. <laughs> <laughs> but Friday night I'm off. Probably gonna 
probably going to end up at a friend's house and listen to some music and just chill out. Nice. Just having a pool day and going to grill up some steaks. Just chill, man. No big plans. Just a nice, Big-y. chill, relaxed day with the fam. So what's on the menu for you on 4th? What what you throwing on the grill? It's a tailgate. I got some steaks, man. Some nice steaks. Now, so, how you doing it? How you doing it? I got to know. Do you, gonna, do, you, do you do the nice little – you got to get them nice and room temperature and pat them dry. Keep, and them, out, keep them out for about 20 minutes room temperature, and then I'm going to hit them with some olive oil on both sides. Right. And then uh, hit them with some salt and pepper. Pepper burns. I'm gonna throw them on the grill at about 500. Flip them after about five minutes. Yeah, try yeah. To them, try to cook them medium, man. So. Yeah, we're going and, to uh, his house. Getting meats. <laughs> <Done> good meats. <laughs> Got some corn. Corn oh. on the cob. No, hey. should, should be a good time. I high just by gonna... July, brother. <laughs> I high by July. Our schedule's been kind of crazy. My kid's playing all-star baseball right now, so we're just kind of running, and uh, it's just going to be good to have a day to just lounge. So Right on. That's what it's and all about. And I'm hoping all all you Bears fans out there, man, I, I hope you guys just have a great fourth with your family, friends, whatever you're doing. Just hope you have a great time, man. The time to be with your family because you Absolutely. never know. You never know. And I want to take a special minute here and thank our servicemen and women for providing our freedom so we can go out and act like idiots and do shit like this. You know, Absolutely. we get to, we get to do a lot because of the sacrifices of few. So I salute every, each and every one of you. And I thank you. And on that note, I think that's a wrap. That's it. And that's another episode of the tailgate show. The tailgates. The bears. The bears. Season in my rib meat. Smelling real good for the ainties. Bacon chicken tastes like Zaxby's. Having people come for seconds on repeat. Dripping sauce on it, put stain on it. Turkey grill, pop and put pellets on it. Regulate the temp, slow and low on it. Plug it up to smoke, do a stain on it. Tim 160 grill sounds pop. Switch to the monies, everybody watching. Jeans hiked up, everybody jockeying. Socks with the stripes and a pop lock. Flip it out, flip it out, flip it out. Riding round town with the tongues out. It's early in the day, fireworks out. Telling all kids you're gonna be in or out.